0: We're momming today with Dr. Kathy Ward, M.D., pediatrician and owner of Big Apple Pediatrics in New York City. Uh, Dr. Ward, thank you for joining us at a crucial time. My pleasure. Good morning. So many mothers have so many questions this morning. I think the first one is, if your kid's school was not closed, should they go to that school that's open?
1: Is it right. Safe? I'm getting that question a lot. And my answer is, it's up to the parent. I would generally say, yes, a child can go to school if the school's not closed. Why do you say that? Uh, because I think that uh, there's, there's a lot of hysteria. The children are basically very safe. I think parents need to educate their kids about proper hand hygiene and don't touch your face and wash your hands a lot. Uh, some of this is also dictated by the age of the child, of course. But I think um the, uh, the children are basically handling this coronavirus very well. If they get it, they just use, usually get mild symptoms and it's self-resolved It goes away. So it's kind of a parent's choice, but um, I would suggest maybe be much more cautious if somebody's living with a grandparent or if they, uh, they're, they're living in a household with somebody else that's got some type of a chronic illness or an immune deficiency.
0: What are the symptoms that we should look for in children?
1: The the basic symptoms are fevers, chills, cough, uh, similar to a cold, runny nose, congestion, sneezing, sore throat. um, And those are fairly common and normal. What I would worry about as a pediatrician is if those don't go away within a 48- to 72-hour time frame or if clinically anybody's getting worse in any way.
0: So if these are your symptoms, should you stay home, not go to the doctor, not go to the hospital, and call your doctor to see if you should come in and if you should get tested?
1: Well, for the first 48 hours, I tell all my people just stay home, observe them, push fluids, push rest, which means take naps, stay in bed, go to bed early. Um, They don't have to sleep, but they should stay in bed and rest. Uh, Push things like soup and broth and Pedialyte and just extra water for the first 48 hours. After that point, parents can generally get a a good feel for they're basically getting better. Or if they're not, then I, I want all my people to call me. So that's when you should call the pediatrician is after the first 48 hours if somebody is just not getting better. Or if at any point a child looks really sick, if they're their colors off if they're uh, wheezing if they're short of breath if they have chest pain but in the pediatric world they don't usually start with that that's usually something that in a small percentage of them can develop after two or three days
0: we keep hearing so we that usually, Go ahead.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, so we usually say just take the first 48 hours just stay home and rest and then we want to see what's happening thereafter
0: we keep hearing that kids are okay if, the, if, if they get the coronavirus, uh, they can handle it, their, their immune systems are strong. We're worried about older people and those with pre-existing conditions. In your experience, I mean, have you, have you diagnosed a child yet who has COVID-19? No, because I
1: don't have access to the test kits. But Oh I man, you don't have any. right? Yes, that's correct. um, And most practices don't. They're working on getting it to to places or at least to get it to a centralized lab that we can send to. Um, So, no, I haven't actually tested anybody for it, but I've tested them for the other viruses. And then, um, to my knowledge, none of those have been sent to the CDC by the laboratory. But our first line of defense is to check for all the regular viruses first. A lot of kids are coming back positive for flu A, flu B, RSV, adenovirus, enterovirus, and the old coronavirus and I'm getting a lot of kids that have just that whole litany of other viruses Um, but to be tested for COVID-19 the new one that has to go to
0: the CDC okay so for your patients that have that litany of flus flus, right what are the chances and I know we don't know them because you haven't tested but what are the chances that any of that actually becomes COVID-19
1: so there, there is always a chance that if you have one virus, you can have another, especially if you're a child, because children just have a lot of other exposures because they're not so great with hand-washing and they don't understand the concept quite as well as when we get older. But I, I'm not, I'm, I will be unsurprised if some kids have flu A plus COVID-19 or flu B plus COVID-19. I've had a couple kids have flu A, flu B, and adenovirus, which are all kind of like common cold and flu viruses. Mm-hmm. So um, I think because... Most kids get better within like a two to three day period. You know, what I'm doing is following them up clinically and I'm calling the mom two days later, like, hey, how's it going? Are they getting better? And the answer has been a resounding yes, everybody's much better. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking that they might be saving the uh, COVID-19 swabs for the elderly.
0: That's a good but, point. So after the incubation period of 14 days, if you're right. not symptomatic, you're in the clear.
1: Yes, that's correct and for most people that do get it like even if my, some of my patients would test positive if if we could a lot of times they're better within 2 or 3 days anyway okay so well, that's really as a general pediatrician, even on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, I don't have access to any specific swab. But if I was really suspicious or concerned about somebody, then um, they, I would probably be able to send something to the CDC or get a, requ- get a request for a special swab from them, or they go to the hospital because I'm concerned that they have something more significant, then the hospitals might have access to those specific swabs. For, now, for, in, in, uh-huh. Go ahead. No finish. Oh, in 2 weeks uh, i just found out yesterday that uh, there's a lab called lenco and another uh, place in northwell within 2 weeks they will they said that they will be able to give us access to getting the um, the swabs to test for covid-19 or the reagents to test for covid-19 so there's a lab in brooklyn called lenco which i do i do use them and we'll we will be able to send swabs to them for testing but, as of now it's just not a common thing for for regular offices and regular practices to be able to actually test for without going through somehow getting it to the c d c
0: Got it. What should parents know right now in terms of having a plan, a plan for childcare, a plan for teaching your kids uh, at home online learning, virtual learning, and for medication
1: right 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 I think the 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 number one plan is to stop the spread on a uh, a personal responsible level, which means. The moms and dads of the world should be talking to their kids about when your cough and sneeze, lock it down tight, cough into your elbow, go wash your hands, try not to touch your face, use the back of your hand if you have to itch your nose, your eyes. Um, that's that's kind of rule number one is basic hand hygiene. And washing your hands with soap and water is far better than using hand sanitizer mm-hmm. uh, just because it's, mu- it's been shown to be much, much more effective. So soap and water, as soon as kids get into the house, they should go straight to the bathroom, wash their hands, wipe wipe down their face, um, and with, and try to do that even six or eight times per day. Even if the child's hands look clean, wash them anyway six or eight times a day. So that's defense number one. Defense number two, I tell my patients, is just, Get in the habit of things like a good night's sleep, a healthy diet, lots of fruits and veggies, plant-based diet, like try to eat healthy, try to eat clean, try to get lots of sleep, and try to... um Think about other immune system boosters. So if a child gets even a slight sniffle, I encourage them to take, uh, besides sleep and rest and fluids and go to bed early, it's zinc, echinacea, vitamin C, and a multivitamin, and for a lot of people, turmeric. But uh, if they can kind of find ways to get their kids to take this, that would be great So those are all immune system boosters.
0: Okay. What about if your child needs medication? How much on hand should you have? Like, let's just say this gets really bad and, and we are quarantined.
1: Right. I I, I encourage everybody to have some acetaminophen. Uh, the brand name is Tylenol or Tempera, and also some ibuprofen. The brand names are Motrin and Advil. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just encourage people to have those on standby because uh, it'll help kids feel more comfortable if they do get a high fever. I'm not a fan of over-the-counter cough and cold medicines uh, just because the side effect profile seems to outweigh the benefits, mm-hmm. uh, but I do like expectorants. If a child has like some mucus, we want to help them break it up. An example would be mucinex for chest congestion, but an expectorant at the active ingredient is called Guaifenesin, and that's going to help break up mucus. But my favorite thing to break up mucus is to take them into a steamed up bathroom for like two or three times a day for 10 or 20 minutes and just kind of bang on their chest and their back and their armpits and just try to knock everything around. It's called chest PT or chest physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great way to keep mucus from settling into the lungs, which helps to avoid a secondary pneumonia for everybody.
0: Okay. Dr. Ward, hold that thought. We're going to have more mommy today after this. Sure. Okay, we're back with We're Momming today, and Dr. Kathy Ward, a Big Apple Pediatrics in uh, in Manhattan. And Dr. Ward, you recently well, not recently; it's a few years now. Moved to Concierge Medicine, where you do you do home calls. You talk to parents uh, all the time, one on one. Have you seen a big spike in that because of the coronavirus?
1: Um, I've seen a lot of uh, big spike in phone calls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I feel bad, and I bothered you this morning, too, calling you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that is quite all right. It's part of the job as a pediatrician. Because a lot of what we do is phone triage, because a lot of kids don't need to come in, and parents just sometimes need reassurance of, of what to look for. So that's just part of the job. But I do think my my front desk has been fielding a lot of phone calls about this. and But for the most part, the kids are doing well. I think it's just the... Um, just the hype around it is freaking everybody out a little bit.
0: So what's your message? What's your message right now to worried parents out there? Because it seems Uh, like the temperature went up in a big way the past two days.
1: Right. My message is, especially for as far as children go, they're doing fine they're not even on the news because they're doing really well with this kids generally tend to have a lot of antibodies from the prior illnesses that they've had and that's probably crossing over and carrying over to give them some cross antibody protection so all the people that i've seen coming through my office they've all been basically doing really well. so. But what I warn parents about is because they're children, they can quickly turn into other things, like if a child develops a secondary ear infection or if they have underlying asthma <clears throat> or if they have uh, some type of other underlying condition, then that's the child I start to worry about. But a, basically a healthy, normal child who who doesn't have underlying conditions, I think they handle this really well.
0: Yeah. And of course, if grandma or grandpa babysits, <clears throat> right? <laughs> Right. spreading I, those I, germs I, actually, to someone else cuz we ha- we're going away at the end of the month and I'm, it involves getting on an airplane I'm not worried about the airplane being dirty I know they're they're you know touting the uh, the cleanliness and the sanitary conditions on planes right now I'm worried about the close distance of other passengers on that plane
1: I agree with that and also I do kind of caution people from staying away from grandparents if they can, because not for the sake of the kids, but I don't want grandma and grandpa to get, to get sick. I, I encourage people to keep the children away from the elderly mm-hmm. and maybe to self-quarantine in their house if, they, if their kid has any version of a cold, like so. any type of a runny nose or congestion or coughing or sneezing. They should definitely stay home.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So almost the, the best thing you can do right now is keep your kids from grandma and grandpa.
1: <laughs> yeah. In fact, a lot of parents have asked me about that. Like, grandma was supposed to come visit, or should we go quarantine ourselves at grandma's house on Long Island? Yeah, and no. Like, well, that's that's the one I would worry about. Like, I'd rather you just kind of stay in your own home with the nuclear family of mom and dad and kids or whoever, mm-hmm. but not with the grandparents, because they're, they're just at a much higher risk that if they get this... They're the ones who could have more serious
0: complications.
1: But the kids are doing really well with this, but we gotta be responsible to keep them away from the elderly and just control it that way.
0: Yeah. And as we practice social distancing, we should turn that into social kindness in a way. Doctor Ward, thank you and your staff for everything and all the health professionals out there because this is a tough time. And you guys are the oh, front you're line. Sweet tweet. You're the front line. <laughs> tweet. Um I know you're gonna be busy today and this weekend. Thank you for making time for us. Anytime.